the government is currently trying to deport millions of immigrants out of the U.S. and make it harder to become a citizen. So don't wait until it's too late. If you need a green card or any type of immigration services, reach out to the law office of Dolores San Giorgio. They can help you stay in America without the fear of getting kicked out. So if you're looking for assistance, call Welcome to the All or Nothing Podcast, where we bring to you companies and CEOs that are changing the game. And I'm your host, Rodrigo Ballone. It's been a while since I dropped a new episode, but I'm glad to be back for the simple fact that the process of creating new episodes forces me to reach out to different types of business owners. And with that comes new knowledge, it comes new ideas. It's an opportunity to learn new perspectives on how to manage a business or grow a business. And as a CEO of my own company, that's very important because if I'm not getting better, if I'm not evolving into a better CEO, then I'm vulnerable to get put out of business and that can't happen. So that's why I'm excited to have our next guest on the show because she's really my favorite type of CEO because when everybody went right, she went left. Most people open businesses that already exist and fight for competition. But there's a few people out there that actually go and create new markets. They're the innovators. They're the disruptors. They're the companies that set trends. Now, our next guest is capitalizing on podcasting. Podcasting is blowing up and it's so big right now that I could pretty much guarantee that one of your friends or family members is working on their podcast right now. Currently, there's thousands of podcasts being created every month, but instead of following the trend and creating a podcast show, she decided to create a podcasting platform where people could come listen to podcasts. Her company, Storio, focuses on storytelling, and I can't front. After listening to a few shows on her platform, I realized that I needed to step my game up. So let's welcome the founder and CEO of Storio. Kalsambi Manjita. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm glad to have you on the show. You started your career as an analyst, and that's a position that gives you a strong foundation when it comes to researching and launching a new product. What are some key traits you picked up in that role that you still rely on now? That's a great question because uh, uh, it's it sometimes it's undermined the amount of learning that you can have in the early days of, of your career. Uh, most of the time, that's where you pick up or you observe things that are great in people around you. And that, you know, leads you to decide that, hey, um, maybe in time I want to be uh, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Right. And uh, when I was working as an analyst fresh out of um, of my engineering uh, college and uh, it, it 
there used to be this uh, great lady um, working with us. She was a product manager in uh, one of the uh, financial services apps that we were creating. And um, of course, she was a good product manager and she was, you know, the whole prioritization and roadmap and all of this jazz that comes along with being a product manager. But I think the, the thing that just used to set her apart from everybody else was her infectious laughter going into a client meeting and this was a b2b product so there were there was a lot of customer research going on there early days you're going out talking to you know the pilot customers and stuff like that and she would be really putting everybody at ease and the tech team and i was a part of the analyst team um and uh, the customers all of them are like absolutely at their uh you know uh, uh, most informal comfortable uh, zone ever and um yeah the kind of insights you get out of a conversation is so much deeper than when you're actually doing you know a very structured interview and that just uh, that is something that really stayed with me because uh whatever you're doing in life whether you are you're creating a, a cupcake store or you are uh, creating a great you know business product that adds value to uh, a process what you are essentially doing is helping people be better in some way right and so if you keep the people at the core of it if you connect with them if you listen to them and if you um are a friend uh, the kind of insights that you can get and the kind of solutions you can build can just you know be so different from everybody from anything else and i think that's one of the core core learnings that i have taken forward in all decisions uh post that you spent time in the corporate world and you rose quickly to a leadership position where you were able to gain experience managing teams that stretched across india what were some of the challenges you faced leading teams that were in different locations and how did you overcome them uh again uh, different uh, you know after a few years as an analyst i uh, got an mba uh, from one of the premier schools in in india and uh, uh, that's when i you know evolved into the role of a product leader and uh, there are cultural nuances even in a country like india it's one country but every you know every location is different and uh, even even before that when i was in ibm labs so many teams across the world that you had to coordinate with uh, you know a lot of communication a lot of transparency is what actually keeps the uh, channels open and the team focused on the right vision and uh, are on the side of communication always over communicating on the vision even if you know um you feel like you might be repeating something that hey this is what we are building and this is why we are building it the why of what we're building right and that gets so crucial when you're doing either a startup or even a new a new product in a within a corporate uh, setup uh, the why of what you're doing recommunicating it across that keeps the motivation the tempo really focused on the right uh, uh, you know direction and i think that was the biggest challenge when it came to distributed teams uh, across different geographies cultures is uh, making sure that that communication does not get lost after a few years of working for some huge companies you decided to become a consultant and you started working directly with early stage startups 
that's a much different experience than working with a company that already has customers and its processes in place. During that time, what did you learn about business and yourself? Uh, I'll tackle the second part of the question first. What I learned about myself is that I'm a hustler. And I did not have, uh, uh, I, that, uh, that was a very interesting realization that uh, no matter what needs to be done, I'll figure out a way to get that done. Uh, at least to a certain extent. And uh, that that's a very interesting thing I learned about myself. Uh, and uh, a part, something that I realized about myself or reconfirmed about myself is that I am a people person. And that is where um, it, it really helps uh, in, in a variety of settings, be it in a corporate or definitely in, a free, in the freelancing space, because there are times when uh, some of the skill sets that you need, you'll hustle, you'll pick it up, you'll get it done. Uh, but when you just need it, uh, at, you know, uh, when you need the output at that, you know, awesome level, you need someone uh, whom you can connect with and who can help you push to that level. So these are two realizations or learning and realization about myself. Um, about companies, uh, people, uh, three things again. One, uh, companies tend to, uh, and more for because I was working for early stage startups uh, as more as a freelancer, uh, realized that uh, at one point uh, people tend to get a little narcissistic about the original idea that you came up with. And um, and uh, there is a tendency to not listen to the signals of the market and uh, morph as required to move forward and make things a success. And uh, and when I say success, I don't mean in terms of money, but success is when, you know, um, the people or teams or consumers you created the product for like it and, and love it and use it and that's success. So uh, people tend to get narcissistic and they tend to forget uh, to listen to the signals. The second thing that I learned is that uh, there is this. Uh, there's a difference between startups in um, in a country like India and in in the valley. Um, there is a lot more focus on processes and people and uh, you know hiring people uh, in in India versus in the states. A lot of the issues that you face within the team or within the company, you want to solve it via technology or you want to solve it uh, in a self serve way. So there is a lot of service oriented approach in 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 certain geographies, whereas in certain other geographies there is a more product or technology oriented focus. So that was the second learning because the kind of companies I worked were across uh, different zones, time zones. And the third thing, again, I think going back a bit to the people aspect is uh, ultimately whether you're, you're creating the product, uh, who you're creating with, it's all people. And uh, everybody comes with the good and the bad days. Uh, and uh, as a freelancer, more importantly, you have to continuously remember that. Uh, because uh, there are lesser touch points of communication and let, lesser touch points that's happening with the team. So uh, just remembering, reinforcing that it's it's not an abstraction. It's all people at the end of the day. Um, yeah, those, those were three very, very big learnings. What I like about your path to entrepreneurship is that your experience is mostly in product management versus someone like me who has a sales background. I take products and sell them. I don't build them. So what advice would you give someone who is starting a new business and wants to build an app or a product 
but doesn't have the experience? Yeah, that's, again, a really, really good question. And there's something that I see as a big similarity, and that's what, that's what I will pick up on uh, between sales or marketing or, uh, or business development or product management. And that is, even before going into building the great product, it is what, who is the customer and what are the pain points of the customer. And a lot of times that articulation is lost because the customer half the time can't really tell you that, hey, these are the five things that trouble me. As a product manager, as a sales guy, or as anybody who's trying to build a business, you uh, as an observer should be able to pick that up. That, hey, is there scope of doing something in the in that, in that part of the marketing process rather than in the delivery part of the marketing process? And that's what I mean. So understanding who is that customer and what is it that the customer or the consumer or the client does in a day and where are the bottlenecks i think that is if if even as a business guy if you that is something that you're always looking out for right and that i think is the cohesiveness between um all functions and so once you're on the business side and you've stuck you think you have observed something and you think that there is a scope for it to actually become a big business and you want to uh, solve that using a product, uh, you are uh, already on step one of building a good product, which is who is the customer and what is the pain point. And the second part of building a great product is now actually iterating between what you think and what the customer ultimately uses. So a lot of uh, you know, iterations and quick releases and uh, going back to your target audience or customer for feedback is, is super crucial. And the third part of building a great product is the team. Uh, as a product manager or an entrepreneur or a CEO or a co-founder, uh, you are probably not going to have the time, one, and two, you might not have the skill sets to build a great app. Um, and uh, that's when uh, you know, the, the communication bit that I was talking about, how do you continuously uh, uh, explain the why of what you're doing? The why, again, links back to, you know, you understanding uh, why is it that the customer needs that and what is it that, you know, the long-term vision is. So the third point of building a great product is the com continuous communication of the vision. Uh, there will be great architects that you might meet. There'll be a great software engineer that you would have on board who will uh, have the know-how to build the product. But what you bring on is the why that you're building that product and continuously communicating and brainstorming around that is, is the third super crucial aspect of building a product. Some people follow trends while others set trends. Currently, there's thousands of new podcast shows being created every month. So tell us, as you saw this podcast trend growing, what sparked the idea for you to build a platform that plays podcasts instead of starting a podcast show? Um, so I, I realized that, you know, all my life that there's a strong love for content. My mo mother is a writer and a poet, and, um, and I come from a family of uh, people who are deep into content uh, in different ways, and uh, there is there has always been this uh, you know huge amount of people around me who are creators. Uh, one thing that I always observed was that it's so hard for creators to get uh, you know noticed to actually get out there, engage their audience, you know, be heard. 
and i think that's that's been something that uh, has always stayed with me and uh, uh yes uh, around 2014 15 there was this huge you know revival of podcasts so as to speak and even in india we had whatsapp groups of people uh who were discussing what's going to happen in the next episode of serial you know that sort of obsession of podcasting and um and it it really uh, you know was picking up so so one aspect was that hey i always felt uh, looking around me growing up that for creative people uh it is really hard to uh, get discovered and engage uh, their audience uh the second observation was that hey podcast is picking up there are tons of podcasts already out there i don't know where uh, all those awesome podcasts are i have to go to itunes i have to go to soundcloud some of them are just you know uh putting out uh, tweets and how do i find them the third observation was that uh specifically in india uh there are creators um who are in pockets uh creating audio content uh on on local radio channels in local languages um in uh, you know uh, in in their own tier 2 3 cities uh, but again not very very savvy on uh, you know using itunes etc and so they are getting lost so putting these three things together uh, i think and my love for technology was you know there's already a bunch of awesome people who are creating great stuff why don't we just focus on two things the discovery problem and uh the community problem of getting these people together into a community of podcasters and enabling them to learn from each other so yeah so that's why uh the decision to um start storyo you mentioned a few platforms already that offer different podcast shows so what makes your platform storyo unique and the best place to listen to podcasts Yeah. Also uh, there are a bunch of uh, apps and uh, platforms already out there. Uh, we uh, realized that and that's why the uh, approach to story was slightly different. The only approach in our head to solve it in my head to solve it and that was uh, very clear for me was that we have to take a community approach. We can't uh, you know uh, just put out a platform out there, market it, expect people to just get in there and you know get self served and start using it on their own so a lot of learnings from my freelancer days where i observed the difference between indian uh, uh, you know startups and uh, solutions versus us startups and solutions right the mindset difference between services and technology that came in really handy uh, at this time because we realized that if we have to get all these individual creators in one place you can't have a self served product sort of an approach you have to have a community and a uh, uh and an engagement based sort of an approach so that's what we that was the that is the first primary difference between how we get uh creators and uh content on storyo versus uh you know other platforms and uh, the second uh observation and learning from you know the years uh, before storyo was that um the discovery is a big problem right and so from 
from the early days uh, of building that product, uh, there is a lot of focus. There has been a lot of focus on uh, enabling discovery. So, you know, thematic, we have different themes that uh, uh, changes on a daily basis and people can go and, uh, you know, sort of listen to that playlist of themes. And these themes are based on, um, you know, the day of the week, uh, the season, the festivals, the trending topics that are happening around. And what then we did was that, hey, we are doing this sort of thematic approach for the consumer side now and then we have uh, a way for the creators to 400 odd or you know indian uh, south south asian uh, local creators who are on the platform to just uh, you know upload their content to the themes and not just to their podcast so that was a very different approach again because what you're then enabling is a lot of discovery uh, uh, which is uh, again uh, led directly by the creator and it's in the hand of hand of the creator hands of the creator along with a lot of learning on the consumer side of what sort of themes and content types work on certain uh, days and hours of the day and um, so we married these two learnings and we allowed uh, creators or we allow creators to upload the specific episodes and series etc directly to the kind of content uh, themes that are working at a certain uh, point in time. What I like about your product and content is that you emphasize on storytelling. Why do you focus on storytelling and what opportunities do you see targeting this area? Yeah, that's that's again, uh, I love that question. Uh, 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 so a lot of people have asked me why, why storytelling, right? And uh, I, I think uh, the the core of communication between uh, two people is uh, you are communicating an idea or a thought, uh, but what when we are having a conversation, what you're actually giving the other person a peek into is your life and your story. And those moments are the ones that are usually the most powerful and that stay on with you. Uh, facts and figures are good for uh, confirming or reconfirming or enabling you to learn, uh, uh, you know, new things. Uh, but what uh, sticks to your brain uh, is when there is a form of emotional connect with what has been communicated to. And by emotion, I just don't mean like you know, um, uh, love and hate and things like that. But emotion could even be mean an aha moment right and that's that's when uh, that feeling of excitement when you that you get when you discover something uh, and all of these are when you come to think of it when you when you zoom out there are just elements of great storytelling and uh, and when you are there i'm talking about india you're there stuck in traffic and uh, you are just you know in the evening post work trying to get back home you switch on uh, a podcast and if it's just a bunch of people who are um, stating facts and figures and having their own conversation you are not really engaging with it because that's not for you that's something that's happening and you are listening in but imagine when if that conversation is geared towards speaking with you right to you and in a way conversing and telling you something 
which is almost a story for you. That's when you are engaged. You forget that you are stuck 45 minutes in traffic and you're back home in no time uh, because you are so immersed in it. And I think that's that was the focus that, hey, there are uh, uh, different ways of communicating ideas and thoughts. But when it's in the form of a story, uh, it really sticks because it creates some sort of an emotional connect. And um, uh, that um, in terms of very, very cold app statistics, but uh, app metrics would probably mean that, uh, you know, you have more engagement and you have more uh, time spent on the app, etc. And your uh, creators get a lot more, um, you know, followers and engagement and loyalty um, uh, re retention than, uh, you know, um, when rather than when the creator is just communicating a bunch of facts so that's where uh, the focus on storytelling i would imagine that you give everyone access to broadcast their podcasts on your platform but at the same time you want the best shows to rise to the top and be seen by potential listeners so what's your mindset when it comes to curating the right type of content yeah, so uh, we have been that that's been a, that's always a constant, uh, you know, um, that's always a constant uh, struggle to make sure that the balance between discovery uh, of new uh, content versus ensuring that uh, the best ones are always, uh, you know, the cream is always rising to the top. Um, we are still. Uh, you know, experimenting with different approaches. Uh, one of the things that we have seen working well uh, in the industry for music uh, apps, etc., is social curation, social curation. And uh, we are, um, you know, doing a set of experiments around that to see whether, um, uh, you know, that really works, uh, especially for a storytelling, podcasting sort of a uh, uh, sort of a domain rather than music it definitely works for music because you always find music through your friends uh but uh does it even work for uh stories and podcasts and if it does then what is the best way to make it work because even if you're curating um socially curating a playlist if each of the podcast is an hour long uh, that's not really gonna cut it so is there any way to um, you know, change that and put trailers of those podcasts out in the playlist, etc. So we are, we are experimenting. Uh, I think we're still in experiment mode. Kalsambi, that was a great interview. Is there anything else you want to tell our audience before you go? Uh, I'm really glad to be able to talk about, uh, you know, the journey so far and uh, what I think for any aspiring uh, entrepreneur or business uh, person out there, uh, never lose touch with never lose touch with the customers. Always listening to the signals of what the customers or the market or the trends uh, or even investors you might be speaking to. Um, always listening, morphing. Uh, your product to better and better suit uh, the situation and the time and the and the context uh, so crucial to not be narcissistic about uh, about anything uh, be it even even thinking that hey this is my baby and this is my product and my company so uh, I don't want to 
ever, you know, uh, hire someone um, uh, who probably threatens my position uh, uh, or I never want to uh, change the idea from, uh, say, a podcasting app to a storytelling platform, stuff like that. It, it just doesn't help because ultimately as entrepreneurs and as people who love creating new things, it's our duty to create something that people love. It's, it's what we need to do to give it to give back to the world. So I think never being narcissistic about anything is so crucial. And that's that's all I would uh, love to, uh, that's what I would like to leave you with. I wanna thank Kalsambi Manjita, the founder of Storio for being on the show. And if you wanna hear more interviews like this, make sure you follow the All or Nothing podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Tidal. That's a wrap for this episode of All or Nothing, where we bring to you companies and CEOs that are changing the game. And I'm your host, Rodrigo Bologna.